nice shot. Oh, Ewing came out of the rafters to block that shot. Oh, 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 oh. Over the shoulder on a wild pass to Barbary. Everybody, not my house is in your house with your host Eric and the co-host Zach. Zach, what's going on, my friend, today? So I got my coffee here, ready to talk some NBA draft. I know you're excited to talk some Knicks. Yeah, I don't get to talk Knicks much often, so it's always exciting to talk to a fan. Um, but he's not only a fan; he's a host of a great basketball podcast called The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, any given Sunday, and a boy band podcast called New Pod on the Block. He's a music producer, Knicks fan, does all sorts of stuff, and we're about to learn a whole lot more about him from what he's up to. Mr. Josh Rodriguez, how you doing today, sir? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now. You guys are great hosts, great hosts. You have interesting guests, a lot of throwbacks, people who like I watched in the 90s. I'm like, oh, I remember that guy. So it's pretty <laughs> cool, man. I, I think you guys are doing uh, very well over there. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's a lot of the guys that you used to play with on NBA Live and stuff. So it's a little yes. blast from the past. That's what we lo- that's what we love about it. So we appreciate you listening. And uh, I mean, first off, I mean, it's awesome to have you on the show. Uh, it's kind of a funny triangle because you were on the Even Odds podcast with Dia Miller. And then we had Dia Miller on our show. And then the Even Odds had us on their show. And then we had them on our show. And now we have you on ours. So it's kind of a funny triangle we got going. Um, so it's kind of funny how that all works out. Yeah, but, uh, and you guys should be on my show eventually as well. So it's it's, it's <laughs> we're all going to help each other out here. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. The podcast community is a really uh, tight knit one, which is really cool. You know, if you if you know somebody, um, typically like you can exchange information and get on each other's show. And I think that's what I like most about the podcast community. It seems like you know we all are doing our own thing, but at the same time, we're not in competition with each other. We're all trying to help each other out, and and um, that's one of my favorite things about it. You know, I I think I've never run into somebody who is like trying to one up me or or trying to outdo me and like looks at me as a competitor i think we all have our own space and and that's the cool thing about it yeah absolutely i mean the internet can be a beautiful thing if you use it the right way (laughs) i mean it's it is awesome we love your show too and i noticed on the dime you always start your show off with a hot take so give us a quick hot take on either the upcoming draft or the, the upcoming season upcoming draft upcoming upcoming season the golden state warriors are going to win the nba championship that's my hot take. I think right. they return to prominence. Uh, I think they need a bench, obviously. They need a couple uh, of things, so they need to, you know, draft correctly, and they need a couple free agents to fill some voids. But to me, I think a lot of people are forgetting about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green and how great they were before Kevin Durant showed up. And based on how the Lakers won last year, I'm not saying they're not great or that good of a team, but to me, no one really felt like a champion last year. Um, it was weird. The Clippers just – were a little underwhelming. They, they beat a Heat team in six that didn't even seem like they should be in the finals. It was just a weird year where no one felt like a champion and the Lakers kind of won by default. So I think the Warriors come back with their chemistry, with their shooting. Um, if they could beef up you know, on the inside a little bit defensively, I think they, they probably will be the best team in the league and, and can win the championship. So that's my hot take. Well, and they got fresh legs too because you know they didn't play in the playoffs and they got exactly. that too. guys healed up. So I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. As much as we don't like to agree about that because we're kind of in Golden State land and neither one of us are Warrior fans. Oh, man. <laughs> That's well, rough, man. Well, well, here's the thing, man. I'll tell you something real fast. We, we live in Reno, 
So the closest NBA uh, city to us is Sacramento. Okay. So in the 90s and early 2000s, all you saw was white chocolate jerseys and Weber jerseys. Right. And then mysteriously, all those jerseys started going away. And then you started seeing all these warrior jerseys, you know, around what, like 2010, Zach, 11, 12, around there. And then it yeah. got out of control by 2015. Yeah. And there's always a token white guy at the Willie Cauley Stein jersey, you know. But, <laughs> but I mean, other than that, it is all, it, it is all warriors. Other than that. It really is. When you see somebody wearing a King's shirt or jersey, you, like you have to ask, did you get that out of the thrift store? Like you don't believe they're actually a fan now. Yeah, Which that's is, sad. Is that's insane. sad, man, because they were really popular in the early 2000s, at least. Dude, they, they were, were so much before. fun to watch. They were so much fun to watch. And we, they, they were our local team on, this, on the TV. So, mm -hmm. you, didn't, you know, you didn't have to have cable to watch them. I mean, I remember, I remember watching them when I first moved here back in 90, 92, 93. And you didn't have to have cable. And I was a, you know, broke-ass college kid. So, I'm watching that and then trying to get my Knicks games, you know, on the weekends. Right. Um, so, all right, before we get to, you know – get going with talking about the draft and hoops and stuff like that. Um, I know you're a big Knicks fan. Did you grow up? What borough did you grow up in? Did you grow up in the city or no? Yeah, I was uh, born in Riverdale, uh, in the Bronx, grew up in Riverdale, which is North Bronx. Um, then moved to Rockland County, like late elementary school. So I tell everyone I grew up in the Bronx and in Rockland kind of split the childhood there. Um, but yeah, in New York, New York City, I guess. Grew up in, in the 90s with Starks and, and these guys. This is Starks dunking on. I have that, I have that same <laughs> shirt, man. Do you? Shirt. Dude, I, yeah. Did you remember seeing that live? Did you see that live? Were you old enough? I actually that? didn't. So um, that was back in like the like 93, I think it was. And like yep. my family didn't have cable then. And I, we just couldn't afford it or whatever. So my, me and my mom listened to it on the radio. That's like one of my favorite memories of my mother. I um, listened to it on the radio and just like. Like I had no idea what happened. Like I, I knew Starks dunked it, but I didn't like understand Dude. how epic it was until I saw a replay. And then I obviously got older and recognized that was that an amazing dunk. I mean, you know, I mean, the early '90s, the the Garden electricity was insane. So I got to oh. ask you a question because I'm curious. Um, you, you're a huge basketball guy. I mean, obviously you played, you know, playground stuff. You played in, in high school at all, or? Yeah, I played high school basketball at Albertus Magnus, which is a the only Catholic high school in Rockland County. And then I played club ball. I went to Ryder University, which is in New Jersey. And right. I played over there. They, they're a Division One school. Didn't have tryouts. And honestly, I wasn't good enough to play D1 anyway. I probably could play like D2, D3. I'm 5'11". You know, my frame's not crazy. So I wouldn't have like been anything crazy. I would have been like a sixth man on a D2 or D3 team. But yeah. <laughs> Now, did you play? Did you play any other sports when you were growing up? Like, what was the first sport you got into, or was basketball the first one you got? Yeah, into? honestly, baseball. Baseball was I was best at baseball. That was my the sport I was best at uh, growing up. I played in high school as well. Could have played in college. I had an offer at Concordia, which is a school in New York, and then I had a couple other offers, but I just didn't want to play. I wasn't wasn't interested in it. It it started to bore me after a while. Um, I it, and it, it took away from basketball, which is funny. I, I loved basketball. And I had a bunch of people telling me, you should, you should quit basketball to play baseball. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I, I just shouldn't quit. <laughs> Stop telling me that. And I grew like this weird resentment for baseball. So, I mean, I played in high school, but I wasn't really looking forward to anything outside of that. It was something that a lot of my friends did. And, you know, you hang out with your friends, play baseball. I had a better time playing high school baseball, coincidentally, just because I didn't take it as serious as high school basketball. That makes any sense? That makes um, sense. Yeah. And, um, I, I enjoyed it. And, like, I played baseball up until eighth grade. And then mm -hmm. I played basketball in high school. And it was kind of the same thing, you know, where it was like I lost the fun of the game because I hated playing baseball organized. But me and my friends would always play, you know, on our block. So it was totally different. Yeah, I was, I was the same way. And then and it was weird because, like, growing up, like, my 
friend's parents were my coaches and, and everything. And it was so lighthearted up until we got to like 13, 14. Now all of a sudden we're on a bigger field and they're still thinking scholarships for their kids. And all of a sudden like all these parents around me just started changing. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was just, I fell out of love of the game for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Well, you know, you said you kind of lost interest in playing. So what got, what got you interested in like covering sports? I mean, now you do the podcast and everything. So, I mean, what got you into that? Were you going to school for like, journalism or were you just did you just kind of randomly start or how did, how did it all happen well I always wanted to, to cover sports or, or at least talk about sports I mean I was a kid who um I wanted to be one of the sports center anchors I looked up to Rich Eisen Stuart Scott and those guys and I went to college for just radio and television that was my track so we learned a lot of production stuff not necessarily hosting um and I didn't know hosting was a thing to be honest with you I had a job in downtown Manhattan I was a clerk for a union like processing um, Medicare claims for retirees. <laughs> like I wasn't uh, even close to working in the industry. Um, I do music and I took a chance on myself. And one day I was like, I, I can't do this. Like I'm, I'm in my, you know, young to mid twenties. I just want to take a chance and save up some money. And I moved out to Los Angeles and uh, I tried to find something in music production and it accidentally turned into like an internet TV host, which was interesting. Um, and, and that's how it happened to be completely honest with you. It wasn't something that like I aimed for. I wasn't like, I'm going to do this. And I did it. Um, I went on YouTube one night, I found a bunch of YouTube channels that I thought I could have my opinion on and I emailed all of them and one of them got back to me. It was called After Buzz TV. I ended up being accepted by them. And then when I re realized I didn't have any sports programming, I asked them if I can do that. And they put me the head of After Buzz Sports and I just made a bunch of programming, made a reel and just started, you know, applying to different things. It was just one of those things I got really lucky and just kind of found my way. So now is this the start of YouTube when this is happening? No, this was four or five years ago. It's not oh, long. so it's actually yeah. pretty recent then. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, music producing, I do music too. Um, what kind of music producing were you doing? I do like pop music, like stuff you hear on the radio that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then you yeah, got I'll, I'll admit it. It's, it's cool though. Did you get into that back east or, or did that start when you moved out to California? No, I've been doing it since I was 14. I mean, I wasn't really musical growing up. I mean, I always tell people that like, it, it's one of those things where I feel more like a programmer than a, a musician. Like I can, I can dabble on the keys and things like that, but I'm not going to call myself a musician and be insulting to someone who can literally sit down and like off the cuff, like play a guitar or play the piano and come up with something. Like I, I know scales, I know music theory, I know how it all works. I just don't have the ability to continually do it. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things I picked up when I was 14 and I, I liked it. My friends thought I was good at it. So I continued to do it. I have a good ear for it. Um, and I love doing it, but, uh, you know, I, I tried it out in Los Angeles and I, I got a couple placements on like a Hulu TV show and things like that, but nothing crazy. Yeah. I think that's a perfect lead in to one of your podcasts that you do the new pod on the block. <laughs> I, mean, I I got to be honest, man. Like I never would have thought ever that I'd be interested or ever enjoy something like that. But yeah, it's fucking incredible. Like Thank it really you, is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, whose idea was it to start that? And for our listeners, maybe tell them a little bit about the show. So, New Pot on the Block is a podcast dedicated specifically to boy band culture, mainly like the late '80s to '90s. So, like that New Kids on the Block in sync, Backstreet Boys era. I, you know, some people put like their song they're listening to on their Instagram story. I yeah. don't really do that too often, but I, I, for whatever reason, I was listening to a boy band song. It came on shuffle. It was a song, When the Lights Go Out by Five. And I put it on my Instagram story. And I said something like, you don't know about this or something like that. And uh, my friend Mike messaged me uh, saying, oh, that song's crazy. 
we're going back and forth. And I was like, yeah, we should totally do a boy band podcast. And I'm the type of person that if I get an idea, like I run with it. Like I just, you can't stop. Like I, I will go full force with it. And that's what we did. And uh, he's the same type of way. And we ended up recording a few episodes to see how it was. I, at that time, I was a producer and engineer for uh, this podcast called Straight Talk with Ross Matthews. And that's an LGBTQ podcast. I was just like uh, the engineer and I would be on the microphone every once in a while. So I had a segment and I brought it up asking them if they thought it was a good idea. And all their fans were like, yes, absolutely do it. So we had like a substantial fan base waiting for it. And it just all came together and we put it out and people loved it. So we continue to do it today. Yeah. And you guys are interactive too. I mean, I saw that you have like the March Madness bracket going with yeah. all the pop culture songs. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to be filling out a bracket. I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> appreciate it, it, man. Yeah. Is, is there a prize or anything? Like, I mean, what's the winner get? Yeah. We're going to put together like a care package depending on the winner too. Like, um, you know, we're thinking about maybe a t-shirt poster. Like it, it depends who wins. Like if you win, I'm not going to give you like a poster of guys that hang up in your room, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, too. It seems like all those ideas are like ones you're hanging around talking to your friends about. I mean, we started this podcast because me and Zach played morning ball together oh, three cool. days a week. And and we were just talking about it. He was like, we should do a podcast, man. You know a lot of stuff about basketball from like the 80s. And and his, his dad turned him on to basketball. Like, tell him the story about how your dad got you into basketball in terms of, of like watching. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always wanted to watch like current basketball when I was a kid. I wanted to watch like the Alonzo mornings, like, you know, in the 90s era. And my dad told me that I couldn't watch current basketball until I watched all the old school basketball. So I had to watch all the 60s, 70s and 80s dudes before I could even like watch live basketball. So like, here I am watching, you know, freaking Bob Lanier throwing up running sweeping hook shots when all I want to do is watch the damn playoffs. So. <laughs> So that was my childhood growing up. So. Is that how he plays? Does he play down the court? Do you do sweeping hook shots? Do you do like 60 moves? You Dude, he's got, he's got this really <laughs> wacky like underhanded layup thing that no one yeah. can block, which is totally a throw. And I was like, man, that's – and I forget who I said it. I thought it was, but who would you pat, pat that after? Adrian Danley, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Adrian Danley. Wow. Yeah, we can go, we can go way back on the pod for sure, man. Oh, man, uh, I listen that's really funny. Zach's the only person in this world who plays like a sixties player. Still, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but he's got, he's got today's game too, man. I mean, cause you're, you're like what, six, four now, right? Six, three, six, four around. There. I mean, yeah. In the B league of rec ball. I mean, as, as far as that goes. So, <laughs> Hey, we're still playing, man. That's all that matters. Right. That is, Yeah. I mean, a lot of people stop after, you know, 25, 26, 27. So. Um, before we talk NBA draft and off season, do you have anything else in the works that you're doing now or what's your ultimate goal? Like with all the things that you have in the works, cause you're definitely juggling a lot of stuff and juggling it well. Yeah. So my main gig right now, I'm, I'm a podcast producer at uninterrupted and I produce a podcast called 17 weeks, which is with Eric Ebron, Emmanuel Sanders and Jamal Adams hosted by Nate Burleson. Um, I'm lucky enough where I just got hired full-time by the company. So right now that is my main gig as a podcast producer. I would love to be a podcast host. That is something that, you know, or, or, you know, any type of host, whether it's like MC, I've done live events, I've done inter like YouTube shows and things like that. So that stuff I, I get a thrill out of, but, you know, production school as well. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm very lucky where I'm at right now and uh, I'm happy with where I'm at. So I, I don't know what the future brings, but right now that's where I'm at producing podcasts. <laughs> and that's cool. I mean, you keep grinding, you keep burning, you know, and that's, it's, it's only going to help you out too with what you're doing. Yeah which is amazing, yeah. you know? Um, so we heard your hot take at the beginning of the show, right? 
as yeah. far as the draft comes up, do you have a favorite prospect you should believe would should be the number one pick, or is there somebody that stands out to you that a lot of people aren't talking about? Um, I think the number one pick, and this is going to be – I don't know if this is a cop-out, but I think Anthony Edwards should be the number one pick. I just think he's the best player overall. He seems like the most, most pure scorer, the most like defined basketball player right now. There's a lot of young talent in this draft that I'm not really comfortable with. You know, it's, it seems like a lot of people who have high ceilings, like LaMelo Ball, for instance. Like I, He looks good. He looks like he can have a high ceiling, but I'm not really sure how he would fit in the NBA. I'm not really, I don't know what to think of him yet. Where Anthony Edwards, I can watch him play and be like, okay, you're going to be good. You're going to be X, Y, Z. And he'd be the most, uh, I guess, solid bet for, for number one, like the most consistent player, I think, to be number one. So him, but I also am a huge fan of Killian Hayes, who I hope drops to the Knicks. <laughs> um, long point guard, sees the floor well. I uh, can shoot, great free throw shooter, good defender. He's someone who, you know, I, I'm hoping drops in the Knicks. I'm not sure if he will, and a lot of people are high on him, but he, he's someone, I'm, I'm, I, and I love point guards. So, to me, yeah. I think he's someone that a lot of people aren't talking – well, people are talking about him, but they have him more in, like, either, like, the 5 to 10 range. It depends on who you talk to. Right. And I think you're right. I think Anthony Edwards is going to go number one. But for me, I think he also has the biggest red flag because he can't really shoot the three very well. Yeah. And to me, like, if you're going to be a number one pick, in my opinion, I think you have to lead your team to an NCAA tournament at least. And Georgia was not going to be even close to that. So that's like my biggest red flag of them. I know Ben Simmons kind of didn't do that. So maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it seem. But to shoot under 30% from three in today's NBA, I don't like that. I don't like LaMelo either. So to me yeah. – it's like, take your pick. I would just trade the damn pick, to be honest. <laughs> like, I would not want the number one pick in this year's draft. That's for damn sure. But uh, So, Killian Hayes, that's your pick for the Knicks at number eight, if you had to pick anybody? Or is there somebody, like maybe an Obi Toppin, that you don't think would slip, that you would be a little bit – like, who do you think is the best fit for the Knicks? Well, the thing is with the Knicks, it's like <laughs> you can't say fit because they don't have an identity because they have no one to build around. I mean, I'm not really happy – like. Nick, a lot of Nick fans like R.J. Barrett. R.J.'s okay. Like, he's okay. <laughs> Mitch Will Robinson's cool, I guess. But it's like, when I think fit, I think, okay, this team plays a certain way, so we have to get this player so they can fit in with the way we play. The Knicks don't, they don't have that. And they have a new coach, Tom Thibodeau. So, you know, obviously the fit would be someone who can play defense, probably could shoot the ball. Um, and Killian does that. Uh, but also, I, I like uh, – Devin Vassell from Florida State. I think he's someone, you know, he can shoot very well. You talked about shooting the basketball. He can shoot. He can defend. He's long. You know, in this day and age, you need players who can shoot the three and, and play defense, three and D players. And, you know, if you're going to build a team, you need that. And the Knicks don't have any of that. The Knicks literally have nothing. They are the worst team in basketball. And whatever they can get, they can get. And I'm, I'm a beggar right now. Can't be a chooser. But it, it would be either Killian or Devin for me. No, it's a good point, too, because I, I've always believed, and I drive Zach nuts talking about this, but I believe we haven't had a good shooting guard in, like, forever. You know what Since I mean? Who, yeah, I mean, I, like, J.R. Smith was cool, I guess, for right. a year. It's not. I mean, <laughs> is it safe to say we haven't had a good shooting guard since basically Allen Houston? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, Gallo was more of a small forward. Yeah, single Wilson Chandler. Like, yeah, it is right. safe to say that. It's it's been and honestly point guard too. Who who like Raymond Felton? Are you serious? Yeah, I mean Stefan Marbury might be the last great one we had. I mean because we had we had yeah. Billups for like two years. I mean we haven't really had any guys that. And you know I mean 
I'm a Jersey guy. I grew up in Jersey. So it's like New York City point guards. I mean, good Lord. I mean, Mark Jackson, Rod Strickland. I mean, we had some guys back in the day, but that's that's something we're missing for sure. I, I think I can honestly say the last franchise point guard that you guys had was in 1977 when Walt Frazier left for the, <laughs> yeah. for the Cavs. Like, it's literally been the 70s. Yeah. I mean, Mark Jackson for a little Mark years. Jackson. Mark yeah, Mark Jackson yeah. in the 90s. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I watched a team growing up with, with Charlie Ward. Like, like <laughs> he was cool. Like, he was okay. I loved Chris Childs, but he was cool. It, it, I've never been able to root for a point guard that was amazing. And that's my favorite. I play point guard. I love someone who can pass the rock. I, that's why I love basketball. I mean, my podcast, The Dime, like it's named after an assist, literally. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of disheartening as a Knicks fan. And you bring up the shooting guard position, Eric. It's, it's true. Like, what we've never had a backcourt. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, when you really think about it, like, took, look, look at the 94 series. If we have a good shooting guard, and I love Starks, don't get me wrong, but if we actually had a good shooting guard, we'd win that series. Yeah. Realistic. Um, yeah, and Starks, listen, Starks is my favorite player of all time, but you're right. Um, he was someone who – he was a number two, but he was number two because, like, we literally had people who just, like, played prison ball. <laughs> and Like, oh, you're the only other person in this, on this team who can actually shoot the basketball. You have to be our second scorer. Congratulations. You, um, you know we could have had Sprewell instead of Hubert Davis. Really? I didn't know that. Know that? Yeah, and they, and they passed on Sprewell because he didn't have a great uh, – he didn't have a great NCAA tournament. They they chose Hubert Davis instead. I did not know that. That's yep. something I just learned. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Could you imagine Spree on that team? Wow. Yep. That's wild. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I know way too much Nick Nick trivia. Like you know, like Magic Johnson when he was going to come back after he got HIV, mm-hmm. they had him basically come into the Knicks. I didn't know that either. Look at this. I learned two yeah. new things about the Knicks. Yeah, season. it's on. It was on the thirty for thirty that they did with Magic Johnson and and. Riley was trying to talk him out of retirement, but like, you know, Carl Malone freaking out. He was going to get AIDS from like Magic Johnson, you know, and yeah. they guard each other, which is awesome. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but yeah, so he was thinking that he was actually going to come out of retirement and go to the Knicks. I did not know that. Yeah, that would have been easy couple championships right Those there. Those are two things I need to know for the Evens Odds podcast next time I make it appear. Yeah. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> like, random catchers from 1920 and all those questions they ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> any sleepers in the draft that you really liked? Um, not, I, like I said, Killian, I, I know it's kind of weird to say. Um, I, I did like Cole Anthony up until last year. I mean, he was hurt a little bit. I think a lot of people are forgetting about him. He's dropping to the 16, 20-something range, depending on what mock drafts you see. I think he's very talented. I'm not sure what kind of guard he'll make in the league, but I think he's extremely talented. And if he lands in the right spot, he can make some noise. So I'm going to go with Cole. Do you think – here's a question for you. Do you think they trade their two lower number – first-round draft picks to get Cole if he's still hanging around 18, 20, around that range? Honestly, I wouldn't mind that. Um, I wouldn't mind trading down if if Killing comes off the board. I, I really mean that. I, I there's no one in this draft where I'm just like gotta have him, gotta have him. You know, just like Zach said, there's not a clear cut number one. This draft is very interesting. So um, I can see a situation where that happens. You know, you trade down, you get some assets, and you take you take a chance on Cole. Yeah, because I mean, to me, the thing that impressed me about Cole, I know he slipped a lot because of his injury and everything but when he came back from his injury just the condition that he was in the conditioning he's like one of the more well-conditioned athletes I'd seen in a really long time 
I mean, that was a broken North Carolina team. There's not much he's going to be able to do with that. But, I mean, just the athleticism, the strength that he has, I think he's, like, in a weird way, the most NBA-ready point guard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I said, I don't know if it's the Knicks is, like, the best fit, but I'd like to see it. Like, his – I mean, he lives in New York. He works out in New York. His dad played for New York. So, it's like if anyone's going to handle New York, it's going to be the kid that's always in freaking New York. So, like, right. I'd, I'd like to see them maybe take a – a three, uh, maybe like uh, what, what's his name, Patrick Williams, I think, at like number yeah. eight, and then trade up and try to get Cole Anthony. I think they'd be set right there. I mean, that's personally what I think I'd like to see at the Knicks, but I'm not a Knicks fan, so my my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion does matter because we know how we can get <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Awful. So here's my next question, Josh. This is an interesting one, right? So if the Knicks, all this noise about Westbrook lately. And no, and, no, please no, 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 no. <laughs> no? Wait, hold, hold on a second. Why not? Why not Westbrook? I, well, Westbrook is. You, you said you need all the help you can get, right? He literally does help. everything: rebound, pass, assist. Selfishly, but he does yeah, it. He does everything. He does rebound. He does pass. He does assist. He just turned the ball over. He does cause chaos. He does everything. You're right. He does everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, sorry to cut you off. Aaron. No, you're uh, fine. Uh, no, it just for me, like, no, <laughs> he's very wild. He, he, you're trying to build a culture in New York. And I think Westbrook and I think Thibodeau, and I'm like, there's no way these guys are getting, to, they're just not going to get along. There's just no way with, with the way he plays. Thibodeau is more someone who's more structured, um, defensive oriented and, and once his team run a certain way. And I just can't see Westbrook fitting into that on top of that. Will they be better with him? Yeah, they will be. He's Russell Westbrook. He's going to add value to any team that he comes on. I'm not going to sit here and be like, he's going to make a 21 team worse. That's impossible. <laughs> the Knicks are awful. They're, they can only go up from here. But at the same time, at what cost? We have to give stuff up for him. We don't really have many assets to begin with. I want to hold on to, to all that we have right now and trade them for someone like Russell Westbrook for a few years is going to do absolutely nothing because no one's going to want to come to play with Westbrook because no one wants to play A in New York and B with someone like that who demands the ball all the time so i just think he's the wrong guy to go after uh there's been talks with cp3 i wouldn't mind that i wouldn't go for it i don't think that should be you know option a but he's somebody who if you bring cp3 over you kind of get respectability then you have other people who wouldn't mind coming playing in new york and you slowly build up the franchise and get assets you know based on you know trading for expiring contracts and whatnot that's that's a route that i would be okay with uh but russell to me is just it's dead end See, I like CP3 if they draft Anthony and he gets to learn from him. But the problem I have with CP3 is that contract is an albatross. It's yeah. Too much money. $45 million, $47 million the last two years of his contract. I mean, it's too much. Yeah, I agree. And that's why you would, have, you would have to ask for some assets to go along with the contract. Yeah, we'll take the contract on, but also give us some picks, X, X Y, Z. And that's why you would do the contract. And then on top of that, CP3 can still play. I mean, you saw what he did in OKC. Yep. So you're right. That contract is awful, but at the same time, he's making your team better. You know, he's, he's teaching people, uh, the young players on the team and you build a culture. So you, it would be at that price. It'd be for like the long-term build, which I'm not opposed to, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't think I, it would be option A. Now, now there's, there's rumors that Mello comes. If CP3 comes, you want Mello back in the city or no? I think it's maybe too far past you. So, I don't know if you guys know, but Carmel Anthony is like literally my least favorite player of all time. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, did, I did know that actually. I heard the I heard the skinny mellow, hoodie mellow, San mellow thing on even odds, I think it was. Yeah. But, uh, he, I mean that team would be dope in two thousand and five, but yes, yes. I'm not someone who's like 
irrationally hating. Like, listen, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best scorers of all time. I know that. It, it's it's not something where I'm like, he's garbage. No, he's good. <laughs> he's Carmelo Anthony. Uh, for me, it's just I think I'm um scorned. I think I'm you know I'm traumatized by how everything went down 2010. I loved that team, like Amari and Chandler and Gallo and Felton, and they moved the ball so well and they had a good thing going and. Uh, I didn't like Carmelo Anthony then, and I knew he was a ball stopper, and he came over. And listen, I mean, he had one year where the Knicks were better than they've ever been since the 90s, and I got to give him credit for that. I'm not going to take that away from him. But at the same time, his style of ball is just not conducive for what I like watching, and I don't think it is conducive for winning basketball. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they had one good year and just totally tanked after that. So, I mean, with Melo, you know, if he wants to accept like a role player position, I guess – but I can't see him doing that, especially coming back to New York, thinking, you know, he's the king of New York and they have nobody like Melo, take a seat for Damian Dotson. And I think the main thing is you, <laughs> want, you want Kevin Knox to develop. Finally, you want yeah. RJ Barrett to develop and you throw Melo out there. It, you're like you said, it's not, it's not going to happen. He needs his touches, but I mean, I want the ball in RJ's hands right now, not Melo's. Right. I agree. Exactly. I agree. Um, what do you think about Tibbs? Do you think it's a good hire or who, who would you have chosen if you had a chance? I wanted Atkinson. I think Atkinson would have been best for developing young talent. I like what he did in Brooklyn. I like his defensive schemes. I think he gets very creative. I mean, he's done some things and that I've watched that were kind of questionable, but at the same time, he's done some things that worked. And I think he, that Nets team responded to him. I do like Thibodeau. I think he got a bad rap in Minnesota. I think he was just placed with a team that couldn't handle his coaching style. And sometimes that happens. Uh, but now in New York, I think he can shape that team. I think uh, the Knicks organization knows what to expect from him. You know, he had success in Chicago. He's someone who's no nonsense. He coached in New York before, kind of a throwback to the 90s Knicks, which I like a lot. And, you know, I, I do want to see a good defensive team. I want to see a team that's, like, tough and gritty and, and represents the Garden in New York City, and I think he'll, he'll find a way to do that. So I'm, I am happy with the hire. Yeah, I think it's going to bring back that 90s feel to have that kind of atmosphere. You know, guys just yeah. playing 48 minutes a night, Dean your ass up. Just <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I liked in the 90s. You know? <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to take this conversation to the other side of the bridge and talk about the Nets really quick. I mean, what's your thoughts on Steve Nash getting hired? Because hired? I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But, I mean, what do you think of the hiring? Man, I don't know, man. This is like a huge experiment, really. I mean, he doesn't really have any head coaching experience from what I know. You know, now you have Amari Stoudemire and Mike D'Antoni. Like, you have the Phoenix Suns <laughs> coaching the Brooklyn Nets. It's, it's going to be interesting, you know. I mean, at some point, there needs to be some type of authority figure. You, you kind of figure, right? I mean, when things start going haywire, who, who are the players going to listen to, especially a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? And, you know – Steve Nash to me, I don't, I don't know what his X's and O's are going to be like. Is he just going to throw the balls out there and say, Hey, he just practice, just play. And then when it comes game time, just play. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's a brilliant mind. He's one of the best point guards ever. He knows the game, but that doesn't mean you can coach. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I, I personally would have done that move. I think if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you get the best possible coach out there, a sure thing and, and go after a championship. It's, it's taking a big risk, but. We'll see what happens. I, 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 really, I really don't even know how to form an opinion on it because I have no idea. <laughs> I know it's so bizarre. It just, it almost doesn't even make sense, but yeah. I mean, they're clearly making a statement trying to take over New York, bringing in all these big uh, names. Stop, I mean, stop. I, I, I didn't say they're going to do it. Uh, I was gonna... All right. Enough with you. What's your take, Josh? What do you, what do you think about that? 
I think, um, so for people who don't live in New York, they don't know how much New York does not care about the Nets. Like they just, nobody <laughs> cares about the Nets. It doesn't matter who you could bring. Like Jesus can resurrect and play for the Nets and start a church <laughs> garden. And most of New York is like, hey, well, Jesus is cool, but like I'm a Nick fan. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You, they, Kevin Durant is literally like outside of LeBron James, the best player of our era, and nobody cares. He's in that. Nobody. I, I haven't seen one. I don't know anyone who's converted. They still get zero talk on sports radio out here. There's, there's just no one cares. Like it's it's yeah. the Nets. <laughs> it, Dude, I have board. free tickets. I have free tickets to see them in high school all the time, and I never went. And it was only yeah. like thirty five minute drive to the Meadowlands back then. I never went. There you go. Yeah, and the, I mean, even for like concerts too. It's like, do you want to go to Barclays and see Justin Bieber, or Madison Square Garden, and see The Grateful Dead? Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's like the fucking really good analogy. That's, <laughs> that's a like, great analogy. That's like exactly what the Nets are: Bieber, Grateful Dead. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's how. Billy Joel's at the Garden every year. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. The Garden's the Garden, man, and I think that's the biggest thing. Is think about all of the guys that had monster games at the Garden that weren't on the Knicks, like Jordan's yeah. fifty-five, and you know Kobe's games, and, and there's so many. Team, there's so many guys that raise their level to play in the garden and it's just it's a historic building it's like the la forum it's like the old boston you know garden it's just those 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 venues that are important and i think you know the the nets are trying the whole jay-z thing the changing of the uniforms going to the black i mean they're trying but it's you're just not going to win over that crowd i mean josh is right it's just there's there's too much history there even though we've sucked for like what 19 in the last 20 years you know you said like that one year we had billups and and mellow and had a really good you know really good season we haven't been we haven't been good but still new york i mean new york loves the knicks they just embrace them it's like the yankees it's like trying moving somebody into new york and try to compete against the yankees it just doesn't happen you know yeah, it's mean? like i visit new york every single summer and like the number one thing on my list is to buy tickets to an nba game at madison square garden yeah. fuck the nets even those Nets celtics <laughs> my favorite team i went and saw the knicks playing you know freaking bobcats or whatever you know <laughs> so de- definitely yeah the the garden's a bucket list thing barclays is not so we, we want to do a lightning round with you if you don't mind zach's gonna run it as he always does and uh you know it's just a simple one or two word answer thing, but we're doing a little different today. And Zach will explain to you what we're doing. Yeah, we're going to do it different because we want you to feel at home, you know, on your show. So we're going to do a little uh, trust, Mary kill. Oh, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) just so the audience can get a little idea of what you do on your show. But uh, the first question is what point guard do you have to roll with for the future of the Knicks? Do you go Alfred Payton, Frank Nilakina, or Dennis Smith Jr.? Trust Mary Kill. All right, I trust Alfred Payton. I think he's a little underrated. He's solid, nice backup point guard. Um, I like him. He's he's just he's whatever. I, I'm gonna kill Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> I just I lost all hope in him. I mean he's he's really athletic. I don't like the way he sees the floor. Obviously, like he's a freak of nature. But you got to be a basketball player too. And you know I want my point guard at least looking out for others first, distributing the basketball. And he's just. He's okay. I mean, he's, he's just, I don't know, he's just really underwhelming. I think, you know, he went too high in the draft. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wanted him back back then, and I'm happy that we didn't draft him, even though we traded for him and gave away a unicorn and the best thing that's ever happened to the Knicks for him for absolutely nothing. I don't want to get into that. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just don't, I don't think he's the answer. And Frank Nielkeen, I guess I'll marry because out of the three, you know, he's the youngest. I think he's younger than, than Dennis. But he, he he just he plays defense. I could see him growing with Thibodeau because Thibodeau likes defensive point guards. You know, 
just needs to learn how to shoot the ball. He looks out for others. You know, he's he's a team player, and that's the type of person I want on my team. So he's your Charlie, Charlie Warder today. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. That's a comparison. No, I could see that. I feel it. he's got the mm-hmm. potential. The next one, though, who do you take on your dark alley team? Ooh. You go Anthony Mason, Xavier McDaniel, Charles Oakley. What? This is impossible, man. <laughs> Are hey, you serious? Lightning round's not easy, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my dark alley team. I'm going to... All right, this might be biased. I'm going to kill Xavier McDaniel just because... Um, when I started watching the Knicks, he just left. I, I know who he was. I know exactly what type of player he was. I know how to tell him on the Knicks. But when I first started watching the Knicks, it was Oakley and Mason. I'm going to, I'm going to trust Anthony Mason. I'm going to marry Charles Oakley. Okay, fair no enough. No other reason. Just, just my personal feeling towards these guys because I will take every single one of them into a dark alley. Gladly. James, James Dolan might disagree, but okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm that. disagreeing with James Dolan. I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, greatest Nick of all time, Walt Frazier, Patrick Ewing, Willis Reed. Um, I'm going to marry Patrick Ewing. He's the best Nick of all time. I, oh, you, know, you don't think so? Dude, no. don't get him started on, like, you'll never talk to us again if you get him started on, on what he feels about <laughs> No, I, I actually want to hear that. I, oh, I, I, oh, go ahead, please. Um, Willis Reed, uh, it was Willis Reed and Frazier, you said? Will Sutton Frazier, yeah. So this is where, like, me being my age, like, I, I didn't have a father who showed me 60s, 70s basketball when I started playing. So, like, I know highlights. I know I know the history. Like, I know Will Frazier, Game 7. I know Will's free coming out. Um, so I do know that. But to me, Patrick Ewing, he, he holds all these records. He's just, you know, to me, a long-standing Nick. When I think New York Knicks basketball, I think Patrick Ewing, period. Will Frazier, uh, I'll go with... I'll go with. See, this is the thing. I I, I know Willis Reed. I don't know too much of Willis Reed, so I'll go like Willis, uh, like Will Frazier and kill Willis Reed. Which I have a feeling you're going to come at you right now and tell me why Willis Reed's the greatest <laughs> thing of all time. No, hey, you guys are the Nick fans here. I respect it. Just yeah, I'm I'm not going to get in because you. Won't. No, I want to. Let me hear. It. I want to hear it. I got to hear it. Quick, a quick <laughs> synopsis. Me, all right, to me, Walt Frazier, Willis Reed, they brought the only titles that New York has. All right, yes. they're forever going to be celebrated. I mean they 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 brought it. Patrick did not. He's probably the most hyped number one pick ever since, other than LeBron. Probably the the most hyped number one pick, but really has nothing to show for it. No defensive player of the year awards. Not a whole lot of defensive first teams. Yes, he handled the New York media probably better than anybody. But I mean, they had like the frozen envelope, the conspiracy theories to get him there. He was probably the most hyped college player of all time. Gets to New York. The Knicks don't get a title with Patrick Ewing. They don't get a title, and you're in the biggest market outside of L.A., and you can't get a title with the best center of our time. And, yes, it's probably management's fault, but there's just so many better centers out there, and I just don't think he has the hardware to show for it, whereas Willis Reed has the finals MVPs. He has the season MVPs. He has the championships. Willis Reed's my go. Or Walt Frazier because he's a general. Yeah, but here's yeah. the thing, though. Look at those Nick teams. I mean, the the Fraser, Willis Reed, Busher. I mean, there's a lot of great guys on those teams. Bradley, yeah. Look at the 94 team. You have Oakley. You have Ewing, Starks. I mean, who else do you really have? As much as I was surprised, 
I, well, I got to give a shout out real quick. I got to give a shout out to Paul Nepper. His book on the 90s Knicks is absolutely amazing. We had him on about a month ago and I, I bought it on Kindle and started reading it. I can't believe how good Derek Harper was in the playoffs. I completely forgot about that. Putting up 32 point games, 20 point games, 11 assisted games. I did not remember Derek Harper being that good. So. I got to give a shout out to them, but the rest of that team wasn't really solid. I mean, if you get, like I said, if they do, if they do Spreewell instead of Hubert Davis, I think Ewing gets that title in '94 and probably gets it in '95 too. Yeah, but one of those coaches gets choked out too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're killing me, dude. But hey, Willis Reed has the most memorable moment in NBA's finals history. I got to give him love. Yeah. Willis Reed's my go. But Patrick Ewing, I might agree with you, but he's also the most overhyped Nick of all time. So. I know, right? Did I tell you, Josh? Right? Yeah. No, I know. Now, now you hate me, and I will never be on your show. I don't. No, I don't. I don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. Hey, before we get you get you out of here, man, thanks for spending hey, time. Hey, I got well, I got one more. Trust me. Oh, sorry about yeah. that. This, this is the toughest one. Oh, this is a good one. This good. Yeah. So last one. Last one. Trust Mary Kill. And I understand if you can't answer this, but the dime, any given Sunday or new pot on the block. All right, guys. It was nice having. Uh, having <laughs> Really good, really good show. Yeah, that um, one's all in fun. You don't have to. <laughs> That's awesome. You're still not going to answer that, are you? Not a, no, I can't answer yeah, that. You, you can't answer that. I, I, I knew he wasn't going to answer that. I love it. I love it. No, hey, man, thanks for giving us. You gave, we're so generous with your time today. We really appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to promote or plug before we get you out of here? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now I'm producing a podcast, like I said earlier, called 17 Weeks. It's hosted by Nate Burleson, and uh, we follow Emmanuel Sanders, Eric Ebron, and Jamal Adams throughout their season. You know, uh, it's a behind-the-scenes look at, you know, an NFL player's life, which is pretty cool. Episodes drop on Thursdays, so go check it out. It's on SiriusXM, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you, you know, follow your podcast. The Dime will be starting back up, I think, in a week or two. I'm going to have a, a pre-mock a draft episode and then go from there. Um, so that's the dime with Josh Rodriguez. That's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your platforms. New pot on the block. If you like boy bands, if you don't, I completely understand. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and any given Sunday um, with my host, Manny Brown, we, we talk politics, current events and, and sports as well. So wherever, whatever you want to hear, whatever you feel like listening to. I mean, I, I guess I got it for you, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zach, got- anything you want to add before we get Josh out of here? I'm just gonna, yeah. Thanks for coming on. You know, it was awesome. Great to talk draft and Knicks with you. And I'm gonna fill out a bracket because I gotta get you know a Dream Street yes. poster if I win that thing. So yes. I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. But uh, no, I mean I mean thank you. Really had a lot of fun. And you know hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Maybe when the season starts up or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be trying to favor as well. Get you guys on the dime. It'd be a good time. That'd yeah. be awesome, man. Hey, stay safe out there, man. And uh, looking forward to the draft. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. All right, fellas. Take care. Take care, bye. Always fun talking Knicks. Always, yeah, always fun. He's great, man. He's funny as hell, dude. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a good dude, and his podcast is awesome too. It, like like I said, I never thought I would be into the boy band podcast, the new pot on the block, but it's awesome. Check it out. I think you guys will get a lot of laughs out of it. You know what's funny about it too is is it, and like your is your sister younger or older than you? Uh, they're both older. Yeah. Okay, so you probably had to deal with some of that stuff. And I think that's the thing that's underrated. It's like, we don't realize how much boy bands like are actually in the public eye in like, I had a younger sister and she was totally into new kids in the block. And uh, 
all that stuff and I'd hear that blasting out of a room. And so it's like, you can't even escape it. So it's, it's it, pop culture wise. I guarantee that show's gotta be funny. I, I will check it out. It'll probably give me some good laughs down memory lane for sure. I like Josh knows his shit. You okay. know what I mean? It's, it's really cool that, you know, we can talk sports, talk Knicks and, and he knows basketball, which is cool. You know what I mean? So it's really neat to kind of pick his brain. I think the trading back for Cole Anthony things, a smart thing personally, I think, because they're talking about trading up. I'm not really into the trading up thing. I, like you said, the other problem too, and we're going to have Tommy Dion soon again for post-draft analysis. Um, he made a great point when we had him on a while ago where it's there's not a lot of stuff you've seen because the yeah. season ended. So it's like you got to do a lot of homework, and this is going to be the draft where there's going to be guys that slip that really shouldn't slip. So there's yeah. going to be some more diamonds in the rough that we realize, I believe. So I'd like to – I mean, look, man, Cole Anthony at one point was considered the number one pick in this draft. To go from number one to, like, late teens, I, I think you take a chance – I mean, personally, I think you take a chance on him and then you, you, you cut bait on a decent amount of the point guards because the Knicks have way too many point guards. Cut bait on the point guards – you know, Anthony, like you brought up a great point in the pod talking about 90s Knicks and the vibe and Greg Anthony. And there's, it, look, if you're from the city, man, like you rep the city, you understand the city, you know, Thibs coached during that, you know, the the time when the Knicks were tough. I mean, there's there's so many connected dots there. And if you can grab a guy like Cole Anthony, like if you trade those two picks, because we have three first round picks, I believe this year. If you trade those two picks up and you can grab him at like 18, I think that's a steal. There's something, there's something he has that is really hard to um, measure if you're a scout, but it's the fire in your eyes. Yeah. And there's so many games that I saw him at North Carolina where he just has the look in his eyes, like the Mamba mentality almost. But when I was talking about being one of the better conditioned athletes in a while that I've seen, I, I really mean that. I mean, he came off a pretty significant injury, came back, played like 40 minutes, uh, played basically the whole game. Uh, I think that's such an underrated um, thing that scouts maybe don't look at as much is how conditioned you are. And especially playing for a coach like Thibs, he's going to play his players 40 plus minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And maybe not Cole Anthony the first year, but I mean, if you're if he's somebody that you're trying to invest in the future, that's a Thibs guy, in my opinion, just with his competitive nature, his condition, and I think he's a good enough defender. I think he's a great fit for a Thibs system, and I don't know if they pick him. I know Tommy D wasn't huge on him, but obviously I think eight's too high now, but when we are talking him back then, I thought maybe he might be able to slide in that eight spot, but I would totally be into it if they traded up for him. I think that'd be a steal. You got to remember, man, remember how his dad played. Yeah. And I mean, mean, his dad played tough and had that fire too. And growing up in the city, dude, you just, it's sad. I mean, think about all those great New York city point guards. I mean, they all had that it. They all had that swag. They all had that toughness to them. I, I mean, I, I'd like to see him. I mean, Josh brings up a good point. We don't really have a lot of assets, per se, other than a lot of picks. We have a lot of picks. But I wouldn't – I don't know, man. I, I'm high on Mitchell. 
I'm high on RJ, man. I mean, I, I think RJ can turn out to be a great player. He's, he gets to the basket a lot, which we've missed a lot. You know, you do need those three-point shooters and whatnot, but I think you can fill those guys out. I, you know, who knows what they're doing with Randall? Who knows? Randall's actually, like, in shape and has been showing up early to things. So, you know, he wants to be there. I, I don't – it's a weird team, and I think some pieces have to move. But I think if they hit in the draft and they hit well, it's – I say this every fucking year, but maybe this is the year they start turning the corner. Yeah, and I just don't think they used Randall properly. Like, if you watch how New Orleans used Randall, I mean, he was a stud. He's putting up monster numbers. But I think you need to make him almost like how they had a Boogie Cousins in that New Orleans system where he's coming off a lot of pick and rolls, being more of a playmaker as a big. I think that kind of – fouls up defensive rotations a lot, especially if there's bigger lineups. I just don't think they used him properly. They had him out on the perimeter way too much, you know. And yeah. That's just not how you can use him. Like, you want him to take guys about the elbow area, mid-range area, take him off the dribble, get to the rim. I completely agree. You give him way too much more space to work, and he just doesn't – he overplays, if that makes sense. And the next, yeah. you know, there's the turnover, there's the ball getting stolen. It's – I agree with you. I mean, he could put up – and he put up some monster numbers for the Knicks. You know, at certain games, he put up some numbers for sure. It's just that identity, and they got to find it. You know, I mean, Josh brings up some great, great points. Um, speaking of that, Josh brought up another good point about podcasts and, and how it really is a community, and I definitely feel that. And I know you do too, you know, between the Evens Odds guys, him. There's so many great pods out there. We've been lucky to be on a couple of podcasts, which has been really cool. And uh, we just want to say thanks and make sure you share us and subscribe. All those things we just get out of the way, put it at the end of the show. Um, had another couple of nice reviews this week, so thank you very much for that. And some new listeners had some great shows. The Greg Kite one was really good. Um, the James Donaldson one was really good. There's, there's, there's ones that if you don't really recognize a name, um, click on it anyway. And if you subscribe, it comes right to your, you know, right to your inbox and wherever you're listening to podcasts. Clicking on for 10 minutes, man. You might, next thing you know, you might be listening to us to say and see you later, and you've listened to the whole podcast. Because a great kite one, man, he has some really good ones about Shaq and Penny, and you know, you're learning about a lot of 90s Knicks basketball. So, so showing the love like you guys have been doing, man, has been great. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the guys and girls that are still listening, and we're going to shout that out again. WNBA, we'd love to get some WNBA and some college women basketball players on here, past or present. I really want to like, you know, they need they, they need their due and they they don't get it as much as they deserve it. So we'd love to give you a platform to speak a bit. We'd love to hear some stories for sure. So if anybody knows anybody out there or if any of you girls are listening to the show and you want to be on, please get a hold of us. We'd love it. Not, you know, it's 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 something I think that needs to be talked about more in my opinion. You yeah, know, for so. sure. And uh, I'm definitely in cahoots with a couple of former WNBA players. So we might have a couple surprises coming your way. So hopefully sooner than later, you know, it's not always easy scheduling. So it's uh, these people are busy. They have lives, too. So, you know, if they can make the time, we'll be very grateful for it. Oh, absolutely, man. And we'll definitely make the time for them. And uh, anything you want to add before we get out of here, my friend? Just thanks to Josh. He's a good time. Had a lot of fun. I know you did, too, talking Knicks. But, you know, NBA draft day is like Christmas morning for me. So it's really fun to kind of hear you know, who he thought was going number one. I mean, it's going to be a wild draft, man. I mean, scouts really had to do their homework and get creative with it because it's not like any other year. So it's going to be a interesting ride. And we got our draft uh, review coming up. So 
Um, that'll, that'll be interesting. And yeah, it's crazy. And they're talking about Toronto actually playing in the, in uh, the States this year, which is interesting. So this is going to be a lot of interesting stuff. There'll be a lot of great stuff to talk about. So um, for Zach, I'm Eric. Uh, not my house is out of your house. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. <laughs>